favorite puppies, yeah. We're gonna talk about everything you wanna hear. The David Brewer Show, yeah! <laughs> you know, next time, anyone who's listening to the show right now, next time you hear that song, I want you to dance to it. It's such a danceable tune. I just love waving my arms in the air. All right, we're here. Episode four. I I don't dance uh, to it. This I, is going to be a good show, Dave. I hope so. Dave and Kruer, here we are. Uh, I feel it in my bones. Dave and Kruer show dot com. Oh, let's get those plugs out. That's right. Twitter dot clown. <laughs> Twitter dot clown. Yes. Twitter dot com slash Dave and Kruer. Yes. Booyah. There we are. And join uh, our Facebook group. Will ya? We're really we got just, fifty members. It's embarrassing. We're trying to do something here. This is how Why we're don't starting. you join? If you're seriously, if you're listening to this and you're my friend and you have just heard this, you have to go right now to your Facebook on the computer and join the All Dave right. and Crew right. show. What? Uh, they're my friends. I trust them that they're gonna do this. All right, this let's is move a friendly on. gesture. I'm, I'm feeling uh, like I have a new lease on life, so I don't really want to spend it talking about Facebook and oh. Twitter. And... Are you gonna go like hiking somewhere? Maybe no, I almost con or something. <laughs> Free yourself? <laughs> you never know. More uh, on that later. Although, if I go hiking in the Yukon, we all know my directional skills. <laughs> well, you have an iPhone, so you've got a compass. I'll have to download. Right, but enough, ag- uh, uh, enough again about the technology. All right, yeah. You have a new lease on life. I almost died today. Now, I haven't heard this story yet. You actually started telling someone else, and I was like, I don't want to hear this yet until the show. So, I'm hearing it for the first time, two people. Go. I um, uh, was driving home to- for lunch today, and uh, you know the Clifton area by my school? Uh, where it goes by the library. Yeah. You have to go under that overpass. Yes. Route 46. Route 46, yes. Route 46 is the other way from where I was going. I was going back towards Page. Okay, All right. I know what you're talking so about. So to get where I was going, you have to go under an overpass, and it's a two-lane road. One lane goes towards the highway. It's an on-ramp to the highway, and one lane goes to the road I was I wanted to go, which was where I was. And yeah, You travel down a lonely road, it, my friend. It's usually a lonely road, thank God. I was <laughs> um, looking at you. I could tell that one. Let's go. And uh, today, as I was driving down that one-lane road, I was watching all the traffic coming my direction in the lane they were supposed to be in, and I looked up, and there was a black SUV <laughs> probably going about 45 <laughs> miles an hour heading directly toward me oh, in my lane. Heaven help you. And I was under the bridge. Oh, my God. I was under the bridge. No, because I'm thinking about the size yeah. of that road. Yes. I was under the bridge. Swerving would have put me into the <gasps> wall of the bridge. <laughs> the right or left? The right. <laughs> if I had swerved to the right, I would have gone into the bridge. If I had swerved to the left, I would have gone into oncoming traffic. Somehow we both swerved just enough. Because he did not slow down. We swerved just enough. <laughs> we must have missed by, I don't know, I'd say oh my God. less than an inch, it felt like. Neither of us beeped. I had a panic attack, a literal panic attack afterwards. Wow. Just like trying to get my breath all right, back. You all right? You wanna, are you sure you want to do the show today? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm re- I got a new lease on life. It's- so, all right. Besides popping your collar, which you seem to be doing right now, what else? What other new things are you gonna do there, suave guy? Uh, <laughs> I, I got chirp, a new chirp. lease on life. Chirp, chirp. I got a new. Well, lease. I want. All right. So now the listeners and I would like to hear some new outlooks and some new things you're gonna do here. All right, new tomorrow. Something I haven't done in a long time. Tomorrow, I'm gonna watch Yankee playoff baseball. Ah. Yeah, I haven't watched oh, that in two years. Certainly is life-changing. And new. New. Brand new. Um, I mean, to a lot of people. I, I mean, not a lot of people really do that in this world, so it's like a real exciting jump. Yeah. That's all I got. 
You got any suggestions? No. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. Why don't you try to catch a shark to eat its meat? I mean, if you want to try something, what about? Uh, I get up tomorrow. How's this? This is crazy. Get up tomorrow. Take a shower. <laughs> well, that's a first. All right, <laughs> there ah, we go. We have yeah, it, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. All right, go on. And we and I go to work. How's that sound? See, you seem to be going the exact opposite direction that I'm feeling here. <laughs> and I don't know if you're doing it to be wise or as a gag for the show well, or mean, you're just playing that. Have you ever been dumb? Have you have you ever been in a near accident? Uh I've wow. been in accidents before. Wow. I did a I did a 360 once. Yeah. How did you feel after on Route that? 3? I was Route just 3 like, leads to New York City. I was driving to Route 3 in the left lane uh, going on 3 East. And I did a total 360 and ended up still driving in the Parkway <laughs> North entrance ramp onto Route 3 East. There were no other cars around. It was icy as anything. It was like eight. Uh, it was like 530 in the morning during like a blizzard. And I was just like, whoop, 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 whoop. And then I just continued on my way. That's that, that sound that the whoop, 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 whoop. that's the 360 of me skimming across Route Three into that Parkway North exit, and you didn't hit anything. No, no, my car drove better after. I think it fixed my alignment. <laughs> and how did you feel <laughs> better than STS afterward? <laughs> um, I just like continued driving. I was like, well, that was a how you do. So you didn't have a new lease on life. <laughs> no, Dave. Some people try to live every day with that kind of feeling. So we don't need that. Like I, I have sometimes it's just an inherent feeling to like you know want to go get them. So you're saying you need like a life changing event to like no, jumpstart. I want to go get them anyway. I just like the sound of a new lease on life. Get them. Get them. I'm getting them. In fact, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna write tonight. Well, that's good. Yeah. You do what you need to do. Yeah. So. Different, um, different people feel things in different ways. So who am I to say to what you what you're feeling anyway? So yeah. So what else is going on with you in in the week? <laughs> me? I almost died. I'm 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 having a little bit of. I got a rough nothing start compared here. to that. Trust me, <laughs> trust me. I got nothing compared to that. All right. So what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Hear anything new? See anything new? Wait. Hold on, Dave. Hold what on. time is it? It's ten of. No. It's five minutes to the timer goes off, which means I have to put the sauce on the meatloaf. Entertain the guests, Dave. Whatever you do, don't stop recording. I'm going to walk out this room, go downstairs, and baste the meatloaf with your mother's recipe sauce. More on that in a little bit. But I'm going to leave the studio. You better move quickly. because Come on, Dave. All right, here we are. You got this. I'm not stopping the recording. Uh, it's, it's Dave by himself. Um, we got a treat for you tonight. Uh we we got uh, lots of topics to talk about, and we're wasting our time with Ryan putting sauce on meatloaf. We got Ted Williams uh, stuff to talk about. I know we don't usually talk sports on here. Uh, we're going to talk about Ted. We got an interview with the great thriller writer Jason Pinter coming up. I, I already recorded the interview, and let me tell you, it is a good one. It's probably the best one yet. Um, what else we got? We're going to talk about some other podcasts. And I really hope uh, Kruer edits this out because uh, I'm running a little slow today. Um, like I said, I almost, you know, the car accident. <sighs> so how's everybody out there?
You good? Good to hear. Um, we're podcasting. You know, it's really tough when you don't have someone else to bounce off here. I don't know how play-by-play announcers do it. Uh, Vin Scully announces Dodgers games by himself. And I always wonder, because I've never seen a Dodgers game, does he uh, analyze the plays as well? Does he, you know, say, Manny really hit a slider slow there? Oh, you're back. Mama, Thank goodness. Slow cooking so fine. Yeah. Okay. So... So that that meatloaf uh-huh. is amazing. What were you just talking about while I was gone? What was I? I, I kind of gave him a rundown of what to expect in the in the Dave and Crew show tonight. I talked a little bit about uh, how hard it is to talk when no one else is in the room. I <laughs> talked about Vin. Come on, Scully. don't talk about the weakness then. Listen. I talked about no. I was talking about Vin Scully. Oh, okay. You know, and he because he broadcasts baseball games alone, and I was wondering, does he analyze the plays himself, or does he just let the viewer kind of pick up on things? Hmm. So, you know, baseball. Baseball. It's, it's a big time for baseball. Right well, I'm now. a Mets fan, so. All right, not for you. But the uh, the playoff game is going on right now. And I like um, the Yankees. I'm a Mets fan, but I like the Yankees. Sorry. They're a good team. I like I like the guys. They try hard. They work well together. It's cool. Did you just say you like guys? But listen to this. <laughs> like. No. Listen. What I'm talking about <laughs> is cooking. What? I love cooking. All right, let's just get this out here. I right now in the oven, ladies and gentlemen, is a meatloaf I made uh, about four hours ago, and kept refrigerated. And it's made out of um, mm-hmm. many various types of meat. I'm not going to tell you all the recipe; it's secret between me and Dave's mom. All right, this is Dave's mom's recipe. <laughs> you just recipe. made a your mom joke that was a compliment. <laughs> um, no, well, it's first of all, it's Mrs. White. She's awesome. Second of all, She's it's her listening. meatloaf, which is awesome. It's the best meatloaf I ever had. Good adjective. And I love everything my mom makes. I love everything she cooks, even her meatloaf. I love it. And I, m- many of her dishes, I use for people. The other day, I had dinner with a couple of buddies. Cooked him some kabasi pierogies. It was what my mom and I, and my dad had t- Tuesday night before. She's uh, she's great at. Sh- she's a great chef. You are a bit food obsessed. You're a foodie. Yeah. So listen to this. Oh, <laughs> I think. Listen to that. <laughs> wow, what timing! You weren't even looking at that. That was the uh, alarm that just went off, <sighs> and that means that the meatloaf. Is just about done. I probably have to baste it one more time. Now, Dave, I'm Please not going to hang you up this time. Don't, don't. I'm going to stop. All right, pause it. I'm going to stop. And next time we come on, people, the meatloaf will be upon us. We've talked. I how long? challenge you to Can listen you to us eat the meatloaf and describe it in wow. its glory. That is, that is quite a challenge. Well, it might be a little boring. All right, hold on. All right, we are back. We I just are. want to inform people that uh, I just ran downstairs, took the meatloaf out, took it out, basted it a little bit. I'm letting it set. See, you got to keep the moisture in the meat there, people. Let it set. A couple minutes, you know? And then the Are you going to advertise gets... this to the Food Network? Right. Is that what this is going to be? No. Are you Rachel Ray? Oh, that would be awesome. Ooh. <laughs> 20-minute meals. Hello, I'm Ryan Crewer, and you... this is Food Network Radio. Rachel Ray. <laughs> yeah, Food Network Radio. Meanwhile, our only ah! side dish for this meal... Are extra crispy tater tots <laughs> delivered straight from a school cafeteria? And I think I'm gonna have some apple cider. Be right back. And we're back. I I just gotta say, since you before we eat, yeah, I just saw a a, a Twitter that popped up on my computer that just cracked me up. 
Yeah. I'll just read it to you. Mm -hmm. You don't know who it's from, but maybe you can guess what kind of person it's from. Okay. Twitter says, I hate being afraid of talking to girls. My one true weakness. (laughs) It's no one we know. Wow. All right. I'm not guessing for someone. (laughs) Sorry if I offended anyone out there. I I didn't say anything, did I? No, you just lipped. All right. This is bad. I'm talking during a podcast while I'm eating. First of all, BS that these are extra crunchy tater tots. I mean, most of them are pretty crunchy. I don't know. I've done a lot better in my day with just regular. Oh, I see what you said. Yeah, Yeah. but they're just like, yeah. Anyway. So let's try it. So the meatloaf is here. And Dave's not even using the knife. He's just going in because that how tender it is. I've been basting this thing with the gravy. And here we go. Can you describe the gravy? Do you want me to give away the recipe? Hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. That's the greatest meatloaf you've ever eaten. Well, it's not, it's almost mom white. What? Oh, I done it. I done it the same way. <laughs> That's how it does it. You didn't give it the same love that she does. <laughs> I, well, that's true. No one can love like a mother. That is true. Good, good, good anecdote yeah. there, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Thank yeah. you very much. So and we come full circle. Why don't you uh, describe to the folks what this gravy is? What What's so special about this meatloaf? It's just the way it's constructed, first of all. There's a few surprises in the recipe. Seriously, I'm not going to give it away. It's it's that good. I want to protect it. And plus, since it's Mrs. White's recipe, like I don't know where she got it from. Maybe it's a family secret recipe. I never really talked to her about it. So maybe I don't want to give up the recipe to people if it ain't mine. Ketchup and brown gravy. All right. So, no. No, 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 no. No. There's a few surprises in there. And in the meat. Pepper. And the type of meat. Whoa. No. All right. But anyway, it's delicious. And, um, yeah, so you know, maybe like 10 grand or something would Just make another speak. food. I mean, I talked to Ms. White. She, of course, get half, five grand, you know. But we split that. So if anybody wants to buy this meatloaf recipe, contact me. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. I, I just completely lost track of you there. You you threatened to send the recipe out for money and sp- split it with my mom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What are, what are you zoning out for? I'm, I'm out of it. Get with I it. I, I have new lease on life, and what am I doing? I'm daydreaming. I've been talking so much, I gave you one little ounce to speak, and then you're I, not there. I was there. I was ready. I you sh- Wait till you hear what I said about the great Vin Scully. <laughs> the great Vin Scully, who does baseball games by himself. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Ted Williams? <laughs> Did you hear that news? Well, of course, Ted Williams, the ex-baseball player. Who, I'm just catching myself up because, like, you, um, Ted Williams, the ex-baseball player, played for Boston Red Sox. Right, in the 40s. And, and he is cryogenically frozen. Yeah. Okay. So They want to use his DNA in the future to create the perfect ball player, apparently, or something like that. So apparently, no, they want to raise him from the dead 28,000 years ago when we have the technology. You, said, you just said 28,000 years ago. I mean, from now? If we were 56,000 years in the future, then. 20, <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least okay. I did some quick All right, math. Not on bad, the not bad. Um, yeah, so real quick, because we only got a few minutes left for this break. Yeah. Uh, Ted Williams, frozen. Apparently, the report comes out. That people have been using his head, his frozen head, for a baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty. <Wait a> <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Like they're hitting it like a baseball? Pretty much hitting it with a monkey wrench as as if it was a baseball. Wow. Who are these people? Employees. Run, aren't, they, aren't these like, you think of these labs, you feel like, of like yes, we're going to put the specimen in the, the, the cold blisteriness now and absorb the... All right, I'm trying to be a scientist doing the cryogenically, but it's just not coming out. So He was trying to remove a tuna can stuck to it, according to the article that I am looking at now. Why the tuna can was stuck to it. He was trying to do it. The first swing accidentally struck his head, sending contents of his head places. I'm sorry. Oh, they're losing some DNA there. Did they like the clients get a little discount? Can you imagine the poor janitor who's got to come <laughs> clean that up later? <laughs> wow. I mean, who knew it, they at these places they even had baseball fields? I mean, you'd think it's all like scientist labs and stuff. Suddenly, they're... Yeah, they were self-hitting. I'm going to self-hit this one. <laughs> they were playing off a tee. Remember when we used to play baseball and we'd get... Little Ted Williams head on the tee. Come on. He's like, you know. Were you there when we played baseball the time and and our friend hit the home run and the woman who lived in the house across the street took the ball as evidence? I'm going to show this to the cops. You imagine she did that with Ted Williams' head? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to show this to the cops. First of all, you can make a movie out of the story that was was before that scene. Us getting (laughs) Ted Williams' head. We're like little capers wearing all black, running up to the cryogenic lad. Midnight break in. There Wait, is, Dave. Wait, no, the lasers. We have to contort our body through different lasers so we don't get our heads chopped off. Okay. And you know the whole background of that movie would there would just be a really lame premise as to why we needed Ted Williams' head to play baseball, like we were out of baseballs, so we decided to steal Ted Williams' head. Well, let's see. We ain't had no other baseballs. So we just went up and stole Ted Williams' head. <laughs> it's as simple as that, officer. We were just playing with it. I'm keeping this for evidence. <laughs> Shaking it. <laughs> His brain is rattling like an ice cube. And of course, right. you had to play the game before the sun heated the frozen head up and melted it. <laughs> Lest he comes alive. <laughs> what are you doing there, boy? It's me, Ted Williams. Stop playing with my head. I ain't no baseball. <laughs> Ted Williams is from Boston. I know. I know he's like a tall, gentlemanly, like, white male. But I just wanted oh to do his God. voice kind of like Bill Cosby for a reason. Anyway. All right. We're going to end this break here. We'll take a little break. And then we got some special stuff coming up for you when we get back. We do. We're going to talk about something that I hope never, ever to do again in my life. But, Dave, first we have an interview. Yes, with Jason Pinter. Did Eric, you plug that in the beginning? I did. When it, when good. you were out of here, I, I good. said it was a good it's one, a good, right? It's good, yeah. yeah. Listen, stick around. All right. Thank you. All right. This is the Dave and Kruger Show. We are with uh, best-selling author of the Henry Parker series, Jason Pinter. How are you, Jason? Am I on? You're on. Live? You're on. This is Well, it's it's recorded. It's not live. Time, baby. <laughs> you and I are, uh, yeah, we're 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 against each other for the uh, Seamus. Yes. Yeah. How how you feeling about that? Uh, how do I feel about being nominated for Seamus, or uh, or the fact that I'm competing against you? Because there's nobody else up for it. <laughs> I, well, let's say both. 
Uh, I mean, it's cool. It's very cool to be nominated. Uh, you know, it's funny. You know, I, I remember last year when Sean Turkover, another author, won. Uh, you know, I, he, I wasn't there, but he apparently gave a speech saying how when he started writing, that like one of his dreams was to win the Seamus. And and for me, it's totally different because I never even thought about winning the Seamus. Not not that I don't you know not to have a great respect for, but because like. I never really thought of my books as the kind of books that could be nominated for. Like, I always thought of them as kind of, you know, a little more thriller than mystery. Uh, and I always thought the shameless thing that, you know, it was, like, always very, like, literary. You know, kind of, like, more like Reed Farrell Coleman, kind of, like, very hard-boiled, very noir. So, you know, I think it's cool that they can, I guess, like, recognize a book that maybe doesn't quite fit that mold. So it, it feels pretty good. Yeah, that's exciting. So, so now how does it feel to go up against me? I am terrified. <laughs> Um, I just feel like if I if I win, I will feel like I cheated you, and if I lose, I will feel like I have embarrassed my family name. Ah, see, because I thought I thought you were gonna go with some uh, some good trash talking, because you're kind of like the Joker in the 1989 Batman movie, because because you kind of created me. I mean, you huh. bought my first oh, I like, book. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> so, so this way, if you win, I can walk around the stage the whole time going like, "You made me." <laughs> exactly. Or you, you have to say that to me. I don't remember. But then it has to be like the really kind of like lame fight where like fifty-five-year-old Jack Nicholson pretends he can beat up a superhero. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're basically a fifty-five-year-old Jack Nicholson. Thank you. <laughs> so you got a new book out. It just came out. Well, when we're recording this last week, but but knowing Crewer, it could be within six months. Um when this gets out but uh, yes my, my, my new book has come out sometime in the, within the past six months yes uh but tell us a little bit about the fury the fury is the fourth book in uh in my henry parker series the uh, best-selling henry parker series as, as you mentioned because i wasn't going to bring it up myself but since you you opened the gate <laughs> it is uh you know when it came time to, to write the fourth uh, the fourth one i wanted to do something kind of a little different and i wanted to write a story that was kind of bigger than the ones i'd done before and I thought it'd be really cool to take a story and kind of and literally divide it over two books where the first book would be kind of like the entrance into this world where there's a crime committed. In this case, it's the, uh, the murder of the brother that Henry Parker never knew he had. So not only does he have to investigate his estranged brother's murder, but kind of have to go into his own mm -hmm. past and find out, you know, there's this, been this massive skeleton in his closet that he never knew about. So he has to find out more about his family and his past and, go back to his uh, hometown for the first time in a decade to confront his father, but then also figure out why this, you know, stranger was seemingly, like, assassinated. And uh, the story uh, begins in the fury and ends in the darkness, which will be out on uh, November 24th. And uh, I, just, I just thought it was really cool to take to a story that spanned two books. Uh, you know, it's a little tricky because, you know, ideally you want people to be able to pick up uh, any book in a series and just dive right in. But uh, I don't know. I, just, I want to do something a little different, and I hope, I hope this works, and I hope people dig it. Yeah, one of the things I like that you talked about, actually... Um, By the was, way, I feel like such a dork for using dig it in an actual sentence. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure people will dig it. I feel like unless you're James Elroy, you just can't go away the same. That, that was actually who I was about to bring up, because you've actually gotten me back into Elroy. I haven't read Elroy since college. Oh, I love, I love Elroy. And, yeah, and I love I loved White Jazz and LA Confidential. And uh, I, he kind of took me out a little bit with the American tabloid, but I think it was because I wasn't ready for it at that yeah. age. But... Um, yeah, talk about how Elroy helped influence the Fury in the Darkness. I mean, well, L.A. Confidential is probably one of my top five favorite novels of all time, and um, I read it. I think as you did, like you know, maybe ten years ago or so when the movie was coming out, and 
you know, I heard that it was based on this supposedly great book, but I'd never read the book before, and it was probably right around the time when I was just really starting to get into crime fiction a lot. Um, so I picked up a copy of L.A. Confidential, and it just, it just blew me away. I think I read it in like two days, and um, it was just brilliant. And uh, it was the kind of story that, you know, between that and play Dennis Lahane's and Mystic River, the kind of, I think that's like the pinnacle of what crime fiction can achieve. And, you know, I'm not James L. Wright, I don't pretend to be, but I thought, you know, when it came time to do these books, I thought about Ellie Confidential and how it basically starts with kind of a, a seemingly, uh, you know, um, solitary crime, which is the, uh, the murders at the, at the Night Owl coffee shop. But as they investigate further, it spirals mm-hmm. in this whole like, maelstrom of corruption and drugs and, and sex and scandal, and it's just brilliant. And I thought it'd be cool to do something similar, kind of start with this seemingly uh, isolated crime. And of course, Henry starts to investigate, it opens up like a much, much larger wormhole. So I have to thank uh, James Elroy for for, uh, for inspiring me to do that. Oh, cool. And um, another thing I've been thinking about today, because we had the, the big Dennis Lehane news, the yeah. Dennis Lehane news about um, uh, he's writing another Patrick and uh, Angie book. Yes. Uh, is is I think I've heard you say it before, but is there a book, one book that got you into crime fiction? Because I know with me it was a couple, and Lahane was one and Robert Parker, but is there like one book you can boil it down that got you into crime fiction? You're, you're, you're going to laugh at this, or, or maybe not, but I'd say if there's one, only because it was really one of the first ones I read. I mean, I really didn't start reading crime fiction until I was probably, probably like a teenager, but it was actually uh, Absolute Power by David Baldacci. Really? I which, love the movie. Uh, think, which, which came out in like a terrible movie. I, uh, <laughs> um, I just said I loved it. You, what? You said that? I, yeah, I just said I loved the oh, movie. I thought, well, I mean, it, it's nothing like the book. They basically like the, the main character from the character from the book isn't even in the movie. <laughs> I mean, the, the uh, anyway, without getting into that. But mm-hmm. um, no, I mean, I remember. I think it came out in, like the mid '90s or something. I remember my my dad, who was as influential uh, getting me into crime fiction as anyone came into my room and he had a hardcover copy of Absolute Power and he said this like I just read this and it's brilliant it's like one of the best like you know thrillers I've ever read and I read it and it just blew me away and it was Baldacci's first book nobody knew who he was at that point there was kind of a big deal because he got a lot of money for it but it was just a brilliant brilliant book and I don't know you know I can't say that the one that the book that inspired me to write but I just remember absolutely loving that book and thinking it was just you know it, it was the epitome of a page turner yeah cool um, and you're writing for the uh, Huffington Post now? Yeah, my first column just went live yesterday. I did read it. Can you tell us a little about what to expect from Jason Pinter at the Huffington Post? Well, you read it. Why don't you tell me? No, no I meant it, over the next six months. I know you were talking about the Kindle and, and being now in... you're arguing with me. Love with books, but yes, I am a little bit, because you're dragging me into an argument. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, you know... I'm not. I, I have a few articles planned. Basically, I want to try to. Uh, I want to try to write articles that appeal to to people who just love books. I, I feel like one of my biggest problems is that with, with with book analysis and criticism is that it tends to either be done in one of two ways. Either there's kind of like mini capsule reviews, which are like three sentences long, and you know, like you know, the kind that run the New York Times on Sundays, where it's like you know. The new book from Robert B. Parker is a compelling, gritty read, and that's like the entire review. Mm-hmm. It's either that or some like 15,000 hyper-articulate, you know, <laughs> essay in, in the New Yorker that, yeah, you know, you need to devote like an entire summer to read. And I feel like there, there's not a lot out there for just people who 
like to read. And so what I want to try to do is, you know, just write stuff that I feel like I'm a pretty average reader. I feel like I like reading. I like to talk about reading. I don't take most reading too seriously to the point where every, every you know, critical essay needs to, you know, be, you know, uh, you know, James Woods, but, uh, but so I, I really want to just bring some, like, fun to it, entertainment, and, you know, as, as, you know, my first article, you know, I dropped tons of pop culture references, I think I, you know, John Tesh and Chumbawamba <laughs> and all this stuff that is ridiculously stupid, but I think people <laughs> can laugh at, so that's kind of, I wanna, kind of what I want to do. I want to write, you know, articles that are informed about the industry, but are also kind of entertaining to just the general, your, the average reader. So you want to be like the college prep of book art uh, reviewers, columnists. I, I if, if if that's what I can aspire to be, then yeah. <laughs> Very cool. All right, I'm going to give you a challenge right now. I'm going to ask you a question. Physical or, or mental? Mental. I'm going to get, ask you a question, and I'm going to say go, and I'm going to give you 20 seconds to answer it, and I'm going to stop you at 20. Uh, Are you ready? It's going to be a hard uh, question. It's not going to be easy. Are these yes or no questions? Or? No, you're going to have to explain it in 20 seconds. Okay. So, how can you save publishing? Go. The first thing publishing needs to do is bring in more readers. And I talked about that in the article. That right now, unfortunately, for a lot of people, reading is just not cool. Reading is boring. And it's because we don't try to make reading exciting. And I think need to be more exciting, more accessible, and make it something that uh, that younger people will want to do instead of something they have. And that's 20. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> so, that was pretty good. <laughs> so, we're, I'm going to wrap it up with one more question because you made me think of a, a follow-up, and I'm not going to give you 20 seconds on this. You can have as, as much time as you want. But um, how can publishing bring in more readers? How can they make it more exciting? I think, I, I think they... they Again, this thing I also I talked about in the column, but we're we're too much too often we're promoting the actual the I guess the devices for the reading, like you know the e-readers, the Kindle, the the IREX, instead of actually the experience. And I feel like if we show kids just how much fun reading is, whether you know marketing it right or packaging it right, uh, you just need, you need to promote how much fun reading is instead of just showing a kid reading a book because the actual image of reading is not nearly as much fun as the uh, as what is in the pages itself. All right. Well, any... Yeah, I, that, that 20 seconds is not enough time to talk about. No, I, I obviously not. That's why it was a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was very... You flummoxed me. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Uh, any any uh, any closing words? Anything you want to say? Um, do I get to give you challenges? Y- you can give me a challenge, but, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Even on your... Oh, okay, let me, I need to think of a challenge. B- believe me, I... Okay, um, Okay, so well, let me ask you this: What are you What are you working on now? I'm uh, I'm working on my third and fourth books. They're they're both standalones. The f- third is with my agent now. He's reading through it, and I started the fourth. They're Am I ready to get to read them? Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> when when they're good and done, I will send them your way. But at the moment, I don't. <laughs> okay, now that I've hijacked your podcast. <laughs> yes. So, I so I hope you're practicing uh, accepting my award for me. I, I am. I am. And then I, I hope you I hope you're practicing looking over your shoulder the rest of your life. <laughs> Why? Because I will be following you oh, to take back my award. <laughs> Alright. Thanks a lot, Jason. Jason Pinter of the Henry Parker series and uh really appreciate having you on. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Hey! <laughs> 
All right. I got to go. What are you doing in my I house? I will uh, call you. How many okay. times do I got to <laughs> tell you? Get out of my house. We're back. Hi. Oh, we're back. This is the last time I'll talk about it. But that meatloaf was amazing. I am stuffed. I can't believe we just uh, had a whole meal. That was a huge meal. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. So, um, Ryan, how, how how can we introduce this next <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, topic of conversation? I'll pretty much do it the same way as before. This is something I hope never to have to do again in my life. Yeah. We... Oh, excuse me. Damn. We we I've I've been this doing is, my my this is why it's meatloaf brings quite a punch. I I've been doing my research since we decided to start doing this, listening to other podcasts and stuff, and there's some I like. Yeah, and some I don't. <laughs> no, you just you're busy. Mm. I, however, all right. And this this podcast, yeah, is one I do not uh, like. Never uh, again want to listen to this. Why'd you explain? And hopefully they won't make another one. Consider they, they've only done eight shows in 11 months anyway. And, yeah, that sounds familiar. And some of them are like two hours, and it's like, enough already. Yeah, they they go on long. They don't follow the 20-minute rule. So this podcast is called Moose Nog. Moose Nog. And there's about 47 of them in the in the room at one time. All right. They're New yeah. Jersey guys. And I don't even, I know who the guys are, but I don't even know who the guys are. I'm like, listen, I'm like, what, what is this? Yeah, we actually know the guys who do this this show. Yeah. But when you can, you can't tell their voices apart. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to play the first clip. We listen got to clips. This. <laughs> and, uh, have you calling for the bathroom later? Ooh, yeah, maybe. Bros does that, but only during fantasy football drafts. Well, I gotta draft the Dolphins. I gotta think hard. <laughs> is that a Dolphins? That was a Texans. No, it's Dolphins. That was Dolphins defense. You were wow. dropping a Dolphin off. I dropped them off pretty quickly after that. <laughs> I'll poop you. Oh, oh, your Thanksgiving oh hilarious. Uh, my Thanksgiving was the same as every Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, I spent it What's with my mother to avoid her yelling debris. at my father. Right. And then uh, we, nope, watch, we watch <laughs> Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation. Yeah. As did I. Oh, nice. And, are they uh, even by microphones? The same conversation that we have every year I, for the past five years the of the room. about those stupid moose mugs <laughs> with the eggnog. The eggnog? The so ones you, you have to hold the antler to drink? That you cannot find the proper moose mugs online. <laughs> no, the website. Those aren't the same Oh, ones. my gosh. They're, sure? they're slightly chintzier than the ones that are on the screen. What does chintzier mean? Uh, less good. Oh, less not good. Not as sturdy. More chintz. The website you've been on. Uh, whatever one you can check it out if you want. Oh, right now, just check it out. Have, what, what are they even talking about? They're putting me to sleep. I think it's moosenog.net. I don't even <laughs> know what's the original, but I, I Look, want those glasses. It's their origin story. The same ones, so they, how they got their no, name. Their antlers are right, not stop as, it. Well. as well. Just, just, yeah. All if that's right. not taken, this could be the oh. Moose Nog podcast. I'm just oh, gonna put it there out. it is. Oh, wow. How they got the name. That's a good one. Wow. Ingenious, uh, boys. Ingenious. Ingenious. They really just kind of mumbled their way through their Thanksgiving. I don't right even there. know. I was trying to find clips to put on here to, like, you know, good ones to harass them with. But it's also just, like, terrible, like, middle of the road, doesn't go anywhere. There's nothing really great. There's nothing bad. It's just, no, like. No, no. Don't, don't say there's nothing bad. No, I mean, it's all, like, just, like. Uh, that's what it makes me feel like inside. Feels like, like I just ate three slices of uh, mom white's my, mom white's meatloaf. That's how <laughs> how the, that podcast feels. Listen to this next clip. Leroy, Leroy Jenkins. It isn't the same though without Shringle there for the draft. No. Apparently everything's not the same without me there. Yeah, Take a hint. Personal talk about hmm. fantasy football. Hmm. I believe. I'll be back. You're important to us. Back. Yeah, I don't know why. Listen to this. Neither do we. 
<laughs> but you are. Barely. What's what's happening? There's eight of them in there. Alright, so <laughs> but there are there are eight, eight of them in there. Why do they have moments kind of, of pure science silence like that? Everyone teared up. Sweat and shaking. I trembled. Speaking All of right. fantasy football. So it, then they go back about fantasy football. Now, Dave, what are you doing over there? You look a little preoccupied. I'm just let's bring let's bring this real to the listeners right here that are listening. What are you doing over there? I'm following the conversation about the guy who's afraid to talk to girls. <laughs> <laughs> all right it's really it's really compelling all right. all right you know what musnog listen up you're so boring then we're not even going to talk to you anymore we're going to change subjects to something that just popped up so i got one thing to play you i recorded a theme song for you yeah it might sound a little familiar it. but yeah. here you go oh huh listen to this this is nice musnog oh. gonna talk about the lamest podcast yeah <laughs> yeah. See. Oh, terrible. That, right, Dave. That theme song. Yeah. Was a hundred times better than what we were listening to. I was seriously zoning <laughs> out. They're like. Yeah. You know when you're trying to go to sleep. Yeah. And you put on like the sound of the waves. It's yeah. soothing. <laughs> That's what it is. Listen to some uh, <sighs> moose nog if you want to take a nap. All right, people. Moose nog. All right. I, I'm I'm probably never going to talk about them again because this, I, in my opinion, it was just failed. Not because of the concept, but because of their show. All right, so we're going to move on. We're moving on. Dave, well, can we talk about that at all? I, a I little bit. I, I, I think we can. Just, a little I, bit. You know, Be vague. I don't think we need to say what they're saying. All right. I think the fact that somebody said that they're afraid to talk to girls and that's their greatest weakness is the problem. <laughs> I think I think we need to school some people. Oh. oh. Ah. Says a man who is now engaged. That's right. And I did post dating advice on my website. Oh. Yeah. Check that out. Yeah. Because I was once, I, I was never afraid to talk to girls. Mm. But but you got to. Uh, Who can't. knew the conversation would go here, folks? I don't know. I don't know. What What do you think about this? As somebody who just flat out says that to public, for public consumption. Let's put it, paraphrase it for me. <clears throat> All right. They're talking about. Being afraid to talk to girls, and someone else is saying that they have their he he is he knows the feeling, but he has his soulmate on Facebook. Um, All right, I don't know. I'm, I'm stuck on the afraid to talk to girls part. Um, well, I mean, everybody is gonna approach things differently, of course, but um, yeah, definitely he is cutting himself out right. You know, at the at the starting gate, he's falling. That horse just broke a leg. <laughs> You're not gonna get the trophy. If you don't believe, you gotta believe. You gotta believe in yourself. And sometimes, sometimes you can believe and still fail, much yeah. like Moosnog. <laughs> <laughs> they believe they have a great show out there. You're just, you're killing my mood bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe they're just doing it for the heck of it. And only six of them listen to it, and we just stumbled upon it. And we're the only two others equaling eight people that have totally listened to it what has bothered me is that they have threatened to come at us well and here's 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 my impression considering of how their they, last uh podcast was like in october right? they have threatened to come at us and here's what my impression of them you coming know. at would be mm-hmm. so uh have you heard the david crewer show yeah yeah they're uh, 
Chintzy. I got a sound effect. Oh, I can't get it to work. Yeah, so anybody got some good fantasy football stories? Hey, it's me. Lamo. I'm, <laughs> I'm the ringleader here. Lamo. Lamo. I mean, no, sorry. Lamo. Lamo. And I'm trying way too hard to be Ronnie B from the Ron Bennington Fess Watley show. The, the David Crew show, they're not good. Hey, so. Oh, Nutley, New Jersey. Anybody? <laughs> any play, anybody got a fantasy football pick? You, you just stepped on my Nutley, New Jersey joke. <laughs> That's how they're going to come at us. So we just squash it, uh, squash it in advance. All right. Now listen to this. This is just This is just a way out there show today. Now listen to this. I, I love Dave's writing, alright? I've pro- I've read re- re- I've read probably more than except for maybe his parents. I probably read <laughs> seriously. My parents very popular in this show too. Yeah. But I probably read more of Dave's writing than anyone else. Besides maybe like his fifth grade English teacher, I mean teacher or whatever yeah, miss katina was a big reader of my uh... <laughs> your little essays anyway no because i w- i used to go through dave's comic book collection get his comic books and i wrote i wrote comics the raccoon it was like this character that uh was you know a mixture of other superheroes but he was awesome huh the raccoon was pretty awesome he was awesome anyway then we go on to his short story writing yeah, and that was a very interesting thing through college. Got to read some of that stuff, and then he went, then he started getting things like published in these little journals and like collections and everything. He wrote a story during that time. Yeah, get miles away, get miles away. Yeah, and very interesting story. Probably a very good read. Hmm. I well, guess maybe you're very I'll nice. Let- you're very nice about it, but there's a, another thing. We're we're on podcast today too. Uh, <sighs> There's this thing about people podcasting stories out there, and I gotta say, uh, a lot of people are trying to get into podcasting their stories and getting them out there. It's a great idea, but I gotta say, I am a pioneer <laughs> in this field. Yeah, it, it, is that really that you like did a really early one, and now I you're was starting to do probably it? the second or third, and right now Whoa. it's all the rage. This is what year do you wow. think this was? Like oh five? Yeah, it was definitely a long time. Yeah, ago. <laughs> I can't give you a date. You can look it up. I'll look Type it up. in like right, get on, miles away. I, I'll find this. Dave White, Ryan Kruger. Or just Ryan Kruger, get miles away. You know, the Dave White part's okay. I'll tell you why. Because this smooth, svelte character narrated for the audio podcast this of is, this book. This is also like the first Dave and Kruger show. This this, this is the yeah. beta edition. This was fun. I got to do some editing. Yeah, it was definitely it was like effects. summer of 05. Some of it was pretty good. But we're going to play some lame part. I'm going to play you one part I really like. It's just funny. And the other part is just like... Um, well, just listen. Summer of 05. Guys, again, you don't. Then I want to say thank you. <laughs> Hold me for a little while. Uh, I do the chick. Everything about her reminded me of Jean. Uh, Jean she was soft and comfortable in my arms. Uh, Part of me really liked having her so close. Uh, I didn't know much about Beth, uh, but I wanted to share a lot more than yes. a hug. A moat, Ryan. A moat. And she needed my help. A moat. It was hard to tell where one stopped and the other started. Ha <laughs> ha. I leaned in and Good kissed writing, her hard though. on the mouth. Oh, oh, she resisted for a second, hard, but then though. relented, opening her mouth, tongue meeting mine. Her left hand slid up the back of my neck that's, and that's started my to play right with now, my hair. Oh. We broke for a second as I pulled the sweater over her oh, head. And, and there her. we go. In the early afternoon, Yo, uh, I called this... my lawyer, Lester Russell. All right, hold on, hold on. He picked up, Wait sounding like he had a cold. Let me yeah. pause this for a second. 
Ooh. All right. Dave, you're getting a little like uh, nervous over there. A little uncomfortable hearing, hearing the words out loud. I want to kiss you hard on the mouth. Dave, I, I don't want to even think about yeah, it. Just that's like, just why. I mean, it fit the story, but having you read it, just... Ah, ah. I just, I just think of open mouths. Just, just they're taking their heads, putting on the opposite sides of their head, head, oh and just going, <laughs> just shoving their tongues in their mouth. That's disgusting, Dave. Who kisses someone like that? Ooh, you know who I'm talking to out there. I'm sorry. That has to happen to you. I know you're listening right now. If, Can we I'm go back sorry. to talking about right. Moosnog? <laughs> no, but we're going to go on to another clip of the book here. All right. Okay. Get miles away, clip two. Um, this is the only other one I'm going to play because this was cool. I did like this a phone effect. Oh, yeah. Stop. You you took podcasting to a new level before it was even a level was, to dude, begin with. That's right. I raised it to the freaking level 10 Pioneers. before it was even one. Listen to this. And, and I do a pretty good Jewish lawyer, too. Oh, Jesus. In the early afternoon, I called my lawyer, Lester Russell. He picked up, sounding like he had a cold. <laughs> yeah, what is it? He sneezed. <laughs> Having a good day, Lester? <laughs> There's snow everywhere. It's Saturday. I have a cold, Exposi- and I'm in my office. Exposition. What do you think? Exposition. I need a Exposition. favor. Of course you do. Can't talk to the New Brunswick police. They hate you. Exposition. So who gets lucky enough to hear from you every time you need something? Uh, Me. Oh, Ray. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. So, I thought that was interesting. I just have to say one other thing. We, about your writing. You wrote a, a story called Limp Puppets. Uh, yeah, I read that to my... You're sick, to, my friend. You are sick. Why? You're sick. Nah, it's Look just it a, up. It's a very good book, you know? If, it's a if, story. If I'm saying he's sick from reading it... It's making me I sick am, thinking about it. I take a lot of things in, like... I could take a lot. You know, I've seen a lot, and I've read a lot of things. But reading this story, pretty weird, especially since I know him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, so, so uh, we'll move on to your vignette. Oh, we got the vignette coming we up. We got the vignette coming up. This is about that hit show in the 80s. Do you remember this? You're going to have to remind me. I'll have to listen. And then we'll come back and we'll wrap it up. All right. Get a load of this. Oh, boy. People know the Dave and Crewer show co-host David White, but in very different ways. To some, he's an altruistic educator in an urban public school setting. To others, he's an award-winning published author with a bright future in a variety of genres. But I'd like to introduce you to the Dave White that has been long forgotten. Let us hear the tale of Dusty White, child actor. Dusty Paul White didn't have a typical childhood whatsoever. At just three months old, this infant was abandoned in the Yukon by his original Canadian parents. As the story is told, he was rescued by a pack of Arctic wolves and lived as they did for over five years. When he was found eating the corpse of a moose by the FBI on the Alaskan-Canadian border, it sent shockwaves throughout the world. The government did the only thing they seemed reasonable for this primitive boy. They sold him to Hollywood. Within a few months, the Canid Kid, as he was known, was being touted as the next big thing for TV. Some think his acclamation back to our civilized world was rushed, but with the media still buzzing, it seemed the perfect time for producers to act. Soon the intense marketing blitz was known by everyone, 
At just six years old, the Canid Kid would star in his own Thursday night primetime action series. Man, what a wolf! The FBI found him up in the wild Raised by wolves since he was but a child Now he sniffs out the crime And makes those bad guys do their time He's misunderstood But he fights for all that's good Man with a wolf On the street he prowls Man with a wolf To the moon he howls Man with a Using his naturally instinctive skills, his character, Agent Dusty White, would hunt down international criminals, mostly catching their pants back pocket in his jaw at the end of each episode. Man with a Wolf was the number one show in 1985 and 1986. Here's a clip from the season number one finale. But all three are identical. How do we know which is the real bomb before time runs out? It's impossible, Agent Franklin. You and Agent Maloney will never escape in time. Wait, listen. It's Agent White. He's sniffing the bombs. Look, he's peeing on one of them. It's deactivated. Oh, drats. Quick, Agent White. The Wiremaster's getting away. Ouch. Foiled again. While there was talk of a man, what a wolf, movie script circulating Hollywood, rumors were as close as Dusty ever got to the big screen. Viewership dropped the following two seasons, which forced writers to retool the original conception of the Canid Kid. With a younger audience and a child star who was beginning to lose his undomesticated ways, his character was rewritten as a half-boy, half-dog, adopted by a multicultural family of four. Here's the theme song to the 1988-1990s run of all-American Pooch. This next clip basically sums up the premise of All-American Pooch. I don't know, Dusty. I think the kids at school are picking on me because I'm one-quarter Chinese, Haitian, Samoan, and Norwegian. Aww. It's all right, Riz. Everybody's got a riddle mutt inside of them. <laughs> but as the popularity of his on-screen persona floundered, the cast and crew started seeing the true demeanor of this confused boy. He would come into the studio completely naked sometimes, only covered in mud and chicken feathers. I think deep down inside he really missed his old way of living. You know, the pack. Out of nowhere, at just 10 years old, the Canid Kid seemed to be reverting back to his primitive roots. Advertisers pulled out, and his show was promptly cancelled. It seemed he was no longer the little pup families had grown to love. Studio execs gave Dusty one more shot in the Saturday morning lineup. 
He would voice his animated self and was listed second bill to upcoming child actor Kieran Culkin. The downward spiral continued. He would often crap in his director's chair. Following shows, he would growl at fans just waiting for his little paw handprint. He was given one final warning and put on a very short leash. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Dusty's character was once again revamped, this time as a space-traveling puppy-like make-believe friend to Culkin's character. Why would the series be named anything but Boy's Best Friend? What would you do if your best friend had a furry face? Waggled his tail, chased the mailman, was from outer space. Now folks may say that dreams will never come true, at least not for you. The show never lasted through its second season. After turning 13, the once bona fide star had regressed fully to his wolf roots and was kept separate from all other cast members. When a scheduling mishap occurred, Dussie was accidentally left in a dressing room with four-year-old Bryce, the youngest Culkin boy. He was completely mauled beyond recognition. The entire event was completely covered up and Dusty was never heard from again. Other than legal documents changing his name to David, not many people know what happened to Dusty between 92 and 97. They must have been difficult years of reform indeed. Nowadays, he might seem like good old lovable Dave White to you, but heed my warning, deep inside his true intentions still remain. He is no man, he is a bloodthirsty beast, and will one day strike again. It's yeah, the, it's the David Kruger show done in the style of Moosnog. <laughs> so, Moosnog, gonna talk uh, about your lamest podcast, yeah. Yeah, so it's done in the style. They're gonna talk about nothing that you wanna hear. It's like a bag of dung, yeah. A live performance that's, here in the studio, folks. That's that's the most energy we've had all day. Yeah, yeah, Nutley, New Jersey. I'm hungry. Well done. I'm hungry. <laughs> Check him out, moosenog.com. I'm hungry. If you can make it past 10 minutes. Hi, my name is Lamo. I'm talking <laughs> really low. But once in a while, let my normal voice comes out and it feels just fine. But because I'm on a podcast, I have to think real low. All right. All Don't right. surprise us, buddy. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, so I want to thank, first of all, I want to thank um, all the supporters out there on Twitter and Facebook. Listen, get out there. Do us a favor. Seriously. I've been calling for this for about a week now. Get out there. Get on the iTunes page and rank our show. Give us five stars. Please. Write a review. I think it really helps. It'll help get the name out there. Um, I think the more reviews you get, the better chance you have of getting on the front page. And listen to this. On Facebook, I'm going to have a contest right now. Impromptu contest. Oh, I got to get Facebook, up there. If you are... If you get us fans on Facebook and you report to me what fans you got to join up, the person that has the most amount of fans by, say... Next Monday, we'll give you the weekend, all right? That person will get a theme song written for them. Original. Whoa! I'm not just going to write it. Jay Stringer, are you listening to this? I'm not just going to write it over the 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 our moose nog theme song no i'm just kidding over our theme song i'm gonna write you a totally brand new melody brand and i new. promise you it would be awesome 
All right. So, all right. What do you got to do? You got to get friends with you, with Crewer yourself, if you're not already friends. No, you got to get fr- friends with the Dave and Crewer Dave show. Dave and Crewer show, and then you got to get more people to be fans of the. You Dave could and find Crewer it show. on Dave White or Ryan Crewer's um, group pages. Yeah, go hit it up um, could, and give them the address. Invite. You'll get a theme song. It'll be awesome, and it won't just be like this is your theme song. Yeah, like I'll email you and I'll make sure to get stats on you so I can write you a theme song or stalk you. <laughs> no, I just want to write you a theme song, seriously. Or, or stalk you. <laughs> Stop saying that. All right. Well, <laughs> twitter.com slash David Crewer. Uh, and uh, com. We're out there. So check out the Twitter. Check out the iTunes. Rank us. And are we forgetting anything? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, All right. Thanks it. for listening, right. everybody. Oh, wait. Oh, what? We forgot to talk about pure breeds. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Show's 